4: Big stills. Game day. Game day. Here we are. We are now in the dress rehearsal for the 2023 NFL season. No more predictions and shit like that. You're putting your 53-man roster together. You're looking at your practice squad, guys. You're here now. This is it. This is... This is putting it together to go make a run at a Lombardi trophy. This is what every organization has been waiting for. Two and three. Really, this is the dress rehearsal game. You're not going to play your starters in that final exhibition season. Maybe Maybe a series. But this is it. This is when you're looking at The bottom 1% of your roster right now. Look, the Philadelphia Eagles already know their top 47. Who are those other guys? Maybe with Philly, they probably know their top 50. The good teams already know. You see, the Eagles are not trying to trade out or change out the top 1% of the roster. They're a good football team. The bad teams are still looking for players. The great ones. Jimmy Johnson told me this many years ago when he was building a roster. I'm never looking to replace my top 1% of my roster. I'm looking at replacing the bottom 1% because you're only as good as the weakest links on your roster. And that's kind of where Philly is right now. Game day tonight, obviously the Cleveland Browns, 730 Eastern time. Um, Yeah, man, we're football. We're football heavy, obviously. Today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, even Monday night. And here we go, baby. Here we go. And and by the way, I'm going to get to pretty much everything on what I want to see tonight, from the players and the coaches. We got a packed show. D Gun at the bottom of the hour want to talk to him on what he's looking for tonight. And also, our good friend Barrett Brooks will join us at 4.30 from NBC Philadelphia. We'll get his thoughts on what he wants to see tonight with this exhibition game. So Barrett Brooks will make an appearance here on the National Football Show here today. That'll be at 4.30 Eastern Time. So I look forward to talking to Barrett. Be great to catch up with him and see what he's thought. How this exhibition season has gone. I'll tell you one thing before I get started. Because a lot of the conversation today is not going to be about Jalen Hurts. But I'll tell you one thing that I'm really pleasantly surprised to hear. Jalen Hurts is having a fantastic camp. He is having a fantastic camp. His decision-making is getting better. He's elevating his game. He's not stopped the momentum. Sometimes you go into these little dips in your career. Now, let's wait and see how the regular season, let's wait to see how he puts his decision-making, because it's going to be him versus Bill Belichick on the first weekend. And that's going to be quite a test for Jalen. Okay? Jalen Hurts versus Bill Belichick. That's going to be, again, that's kind of a sidebar story in that week one. Is Jalen Hurts' decision-making versus the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the National Football League? How about that one for you? The greatest D coordinator in pro football history versus Jalen Hurts in week one. I can't wait to see that because... I've said this before to you about Jalen. He's the greatest RPO quarterback I've ever seen. Maybe I haven't emphasized that enough. Everything people thought with the Wildcat you were trying to do years ago, you have a wildcat quarterback who can throw the ball now. It's a one-off. Lamar Jackson is a better athlete. Jalen's a better quarterback. We see this all the time, and I've explained it to you. Okay? I can't wait to see that week one. Will Jalen play tonight? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. So we're going to be looking at the other players and pretty much the entire roster. Tonight, you make your team. You move up in the depth chart. You've got to make the coaches do this. Okay? That's what this exhibition game is tonight. Cleveland's a good football team. They got a good roster. Do I see Deshaun Watson? I sure hope so. I'd like to see that secondary versus Deshaun Watson. I'd like to see that. You want that. You want to be tested early so you know what to work on as you get ready for New England. Everything right now is about the preparation for Belichick in New England, okay? Cleveland's got players. They're good. They're good on defense. They got a very good old line. They arguably got either the first or second to some. And Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, Him and Stoutland are considered the two best line coaches in pro football. There's no coincidence the Browns are right there with the Eagles. They got a good line there, man. And they'll need it this year, especially in the AFC. So it's a dress rehearsal. We'll get get to all the significant players that we want to see, but before we get D-gun on here, here's some of the things I want to see. Then we'll start getting individually and talk about the players. This is kind of an overlook and an overview of what I want to see tonight at 7.30 Eastern versus the Browns. Um, I want to see that secondary tonight. I want to see that secondary do it again, communicating. By the way, know this, score, all that stuff, you know, it's not important. Statistics, not truly important, unless it's on defense. And quite frankly, I'm not concerned about the offense that much. I'm concerned about the defense. Can you make stops when you have to? You're going against really good quarterbacks and coordinators and defensive teams this year. The AFC is the varsity. The NFC is the JV. However, that being said, I'm not telling you or, subject or, or or throwing this out to you that the Eagles could not compete in the AFC. They could, obviously. Look at the talent they have. Not saying that. I'm talking overall as a conference. You're not going to have to play good teams each and every single week in the NFC like you do in the AFC. I've said this before to people. It's going to be tougher this year to win the AFC than the Super Bowl. Okay. I want to see that secondary communicating again. I want to see them, and I want to see, and I'll get, again, I'll get to the particular players here in a minute. I want to see these guys communicating again, moving around. If you're in right positions, are you having proper run fits? Are, are you getting confused? Are crossing patterns bugging you? Um, I want to see all of that. Okay? Okay. I want to see all of that. Can they do it again? Let's see, him, let's see him do it again. Obviously, I want to see Sidney Brown again. I want to see him out there play, okay? You know, he's been taking a lot of first-team reps. Can I say something to you about Sidney Brown while he went in the third round? I'm starting to figure it out. Why do you guys think Sidney Brown went in the third round? Why do you guys think Sidney Brown went in the third round? I'm going to compare Sidney Brown. I'm going to compare Sidney Brown to a really good quarterback. Okay? A really good quarterback in the National Football League. I'm going to compare him. Um. What do you guys think? His school? Small? Tackling Big 10? Maybe some of that. I think it's coaching. Watching the Eagles move him around and the way the Eagles are playing him. They didn't do any of that with him at Illinois. They he, he doesn't look like the evaluation charts that he had on him when he was in college. He does not look like that guy. He's a different player. No, it's not tackling. It's because I don't think he got good coaching at Illinois. And I'm not talking Lovey. I'm talking about the new coaching staff that took over. Here, and I'll give you an example of that. You look at Josh Allen at Wyoming. You think Josh Allen got great coaching at Wyoming? He had a decent junior year. Senior year, there was less talent. The coach never had an above 500 record. He came out and everyone was putting the the tag on him that he was a project. Well, he wasn't a project. Josh Allen's a great quarterback in this league. Massive potential. He got better coaching with mcdermott and brian dable sydney's getting better coaching they're putting him in better positions to succeed and so what that what does that mean that means you're not putting all your expertise and all your skill sets on tape some of the things that he's doing now he never did at illinois i never saw some of this stuff running through tackles moving him around a little more giving him a little more freedom out there in the secondary to move around um his energy level he doesn't look like the same guy at Illinois i think the school held him back and i think with and i think everyone looked at witherspoon and they looked at devon witherspoon and went that's the better player oh, i don't know that yet i don't know that because What I'm getting with him, I'm getting a sense that, holy shit, man, this guy's getting better coaching. It's it's evident when you watch him in practice and when you watch him go through his progressions when he's in the secondary, you see he's getting better coaching. Dude, you got Sean Desai and you got Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia has coached Stefan Gilmore and Darrell Rivas. How are you not getting better with that? How are you not getting better? So all of you guys who hated Matt Patricia as a coach, his influence is already on Sidney Brown. That's what he did in New England. That's who he was in New England. He took care of the secondary. Just telling you, man. These guys are getting better coaching. Illinois is a good football program. It's not an elite Big Ten program. Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. And the rest of them fall in line. Maybe at times Michigan State, maybe. Indiana was kind of decent. I mean, the Big Ten doesn't have a lot of great schools and programs. Okay, he's already. You know, I, I see people saying, you think he's an upgrade to Epps? Well, he's got to play. We've got to see him get his professional reps here, okay? Let's, let's let him get reps. But my first impressions of him is that the Eagles are coaching him better. They're putting him in a better scheme to succeed because he looks like a first-round draft choice. He moves around like a first-round pick. I mean, am I, am I wrong when I say that? I mean, he, he looks like a first-round guy. Like, when I watch some other first-round picks that were taken that were defensive backs, you know, I, I watch a kid, uh, Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a good player. And, I, and, 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 look, I know they're different guys in different positions, but when I look at Christian Gonzalez and I look at Sidney Brown, I don't see anything different when it comes to skill set of what their particular jobs are going to be. I see guys that have first-round ability. And to me, there's first-round ability over there, okay, when it comes to him. So you got him in the third round. Okay, well, I think he's a first-round talent. And he's just getting better coaching. Why wouldn't you get better coaching in the National Football League? Are you giving Patricia the credit and not Sean Desai? Yeah. What would Sean Desai know about coaching defensive backs? Give me one guy he's coached that was decent. Yeah. Name me one guy Sean Desai's coach. I'll give you three or four that Patricia's coached in the NFL. Why, just because him and Slade didn't get along? He did Developed the NFL Defensive Player of the Year at corner. And Stephon Gilmore. Yes, he did. Okay? He didn't develop Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was a Raider already. He developed Khalil Mack. What are you, high? Oh, he developed him in his one year as a coordinator in Chicago. You might want to go Vic Fangio. Sean Desai had an impact on Khalil Mack's career. Really? I I disagree with that. (laughs) So wait, Micah goes Roquan Smith. First off, he's not a corner. First off, he's not a corner. Listen, try it. Might help you out a little bit when you're putting a take out there might help you out brisker who's that eddie jackson who's that next to darrell revis it's stefan gilmore who's who are those players you're out of your mind he was a coordinator one year and you think he had an impact on a guy's development and even roquan smith give me a break Matt Patricia's got three Super Bowls to his name and 17 years working with Belichick. I'm not debating this shit. Let me move on. Too many idiots in here again today on game day. Let's make it good. Obviously, you want to see Nicobe Dean. Let me throw this at you here. How about this? Sills tripping. Eddie Jackson is high level. Higher level than Stefan Gilmore and Darrell Rivas. What? And one... Dude, he was a coordinator one year. He developed nothing. Then why did they fire him? If he was so good in Chicago, why didn't they retain him? He went to Seattle. Give me a break, guy. Anyway... Here's a statement for you. I'm more impressed with Sidney Brown and how he looks as a football player in his short time with the Eagles than anything N'Kobe Dean has done since he's been here over a year and a half. I'm more impressed with Sidney Brown. N'Kobe Dean has done doo-doo. In over a year and a half with the team. Let's see what he can do. I'm starting to see Sidney Brown, and I'm pretty impressed with him. I look at Nicobe Dean. What's he done in a year and a half? Run down on a few special teams plays, 34 insignificant snaps. I don't know. I mean, how come I'm more impressed with Sidney Brown? Sidney Brown has done more to impress me in four months than what the Dean has done in a year and a half as a player. Just my observation here. (laughs) See, this is where you can make an observation on Brown and go, that kid looks like he could be a really good-looking, strong safety for the Eagles for years to come. When you say this about Nicobe Dean, I don't know if he can play yet. You don't think that's a problem? 11, 11 17 doesn't think that that's a fair statement. You're not impressed with Sidney Brown? What's the one thing that's impressed you about Nicobe Dean so far? Name me one. One thing. I like the way Sidney Brown runs through tackles and the way he hits people. I like the way he moves around and communicates. I like his attitude. I like the whole thing. Now I think he's just got to go out and get reps. Here's what I say about Dean. I don't know. I don't know. What up, maniac? I just said it. Again, try listening. Dean is good. I don't know that yet. I look at Brown. I'm seeing good. See, look at that. You can't admit that. That Brown's been more impressive in four months than what Dean has been as a player. Dude, even backups look like certain guys. How many times were people saying this about Patrick Mahomes playing behind Alex Smith? Hey, you got to see this guy the Chiefs have that's playing behind Smith. This guy's insane. I mean, look look at Jalen Carter four plays people are going berserk then you watch him in one-on-ones against the browns guys and everyone's going holy shit this guy's really you got fletcher cox saying he should have been the first pick in the draft fletcher cox a borderline hall of famer going that guy should have been the first pick in the draft and he was a high pick i don't hear anybody talking like that about dean he's not had a good camp He's had no camp. Hey, but I'm going to do something here. I think we all agreed the other day on the Kobe Show me why tonight they're so convinced you're the guy. And I'll go, okay, there it is. And I'll agree with you. Okay? I'll agree with you. Nobody thinks Dean is a star yet. I never said he was. I never said Sidney Brown's a star. I never said that. I said he was a good-looking player. He's a good-looking football player. Okay? He's a good-looking player. So to me, again, this is going to come down to making us all feel comfortable, okay? Making us all feel comfortable why the Eagles are comfortable. Simple as that. And again, I'm not saying he can't play. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen more with Brown. I've seen more with Brown and his ability and his ceiling than I have with Nicobe. Let's move on. Um, I'd like to see the rotate Dean has been excellent in street clothes. That's pretty accurate, Ace. You know what I'd like to see tonight? Carter. Davis Milton Williams. I like to see that rotation how it looks. I'd like to see him against the run. Let me see how they're gonna use that rotation. D Gunn's gonna join us at the bottom of the hour. Like to see how that how they're gonna how they're gonna put that rotation together. Well, Jordan Davis is a sub. He's not a starter. So he better get his ass out there and play. He better show us he can play because so far it's been spotty. He is not a three down D lineman and I want to see him in action. It's time. And, and, and you guys are going to go like, listen, he was spotty. And the Eagles didn't trust him. So they went and got Sue and Linville Joseph. Why do you, if, if he was so dominant last year, why did they get those two guys? Wasn't all on Fletcher. He barely played after that. Who's the number three receiver tonight? Who's going to really rear their head? Are they going to hand that job to Quez again? I guess so. Of all the players on the field, Quez has been handed a position. Okay? He's been handed a job. The running back rotation, I don't really need to see too much of Swift. I don't want to get that guy banged up at all. Okay? I need that guy week one against New England. All right? I want that guy week one versus New England. And by the way, I heard people talking about Zeke Elliott in New England. Zeke Elliott has not been signed by the Patriots to be their front-line running back. Stevenson's their front-line running back. He's going to be red zone and blocking. What does Zeke Elliott do is spectacular still to this day. Blitz pickups. That's why he was hired. People miss that with him. Zeke is great on blitz pickups. He recognizes it. He's been signed for two things, red zone and blitz pickup. That is one of the things that kept Rashad Penny off the field. Besides injuries in Seattle, he couldn't pick up the blitz pickups. He wasn't very good at it. That's why that Carson kid beat him out every week. Carson knew how to pick up the blitz pickups. Zeke's great at that. Okay? Dean has proven. He's proven he can't play. Consistently healthy, that's for damn sure. I agree. I 100% agree. He's proven he can't play consistently yet. I agree with you, Debo. Completely agree with you. He can't play. Consistently healthy, yes. I want to see that linebacker group I want to see that linebacker group, how they're going to play. Zach Cunningham, Miles Jack. I want to see all that. Again, I mean, I heard I heard D. Gunn talking earlier today. And again, I'm I'm gonna make this comment before I, I, I bring D Gunn in here. But you know, everyone is raving about Sidney Brown. I'm more impressed with Sidney Brown in his four months in the Philadelphia Eagle uniform that I am with N'Kobe Dean in a year and a half. I mean, to me, I know why now he went in the third round. Because after Lovey left, they all talked about Devin Witherspoon as the better DB. Well, you got Matt Patricia and Sean Desai coaching this guy now. Just like Josh Allen getting better coaching in Buffalo with Brian Dable and McDermott and with Ken Dorsey. Anytime you get better coaching, you get put in better positions to succeed. I'm watching that kid, Sidney Brown, now, and I go like this. That's not the same kid that they evaluated when he was at Illinois. He runs through tackles, not to them. He does things that he didn't do in that Illinois system with the new coach, the the guy that came down from Wisconsin. That's not the same dude that I'm watching now Going through all these drills and skill set practices with the Browns and the Ravens, let's bring Derek Gunn in. And D Gun, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking at Sidney Brown, and I'm like this boy. I watch him. That's not the same guy I saw playing at Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I just made the comment to you, Derek. I, you know, sometimes you get put in systems that don't really accentuate your skill set. Absolutely and i think now with the coaching that he's getting in philly i think you're i think this guy looks like he's got first round talent
5: he, he, here's the thing um he's playing a lot similar to the way he played at illinois the big difference is he's finishing his tacklers his tackles better and that's because of a better quality of coaching in that department as far as flying to the football as far as being over-aggressive, it's the same Sidney Brown. But the one deficiency all the pundits, all the so-called scouts had against him was doesn't wrap up, tries to make the big hit, a lot of times misses tackles. Well, we saw he still tried to make the big hit, but he did a better job of finishing in the one game. Now, granted, he's playing against second- and third-tier players and a lot of players that are not going to be playing in the NFL in a few weeks. I got to see him do it. And that's not a knock against him. That's the evolution of of a college player in any position making a transition to the pros, no matter how you try to critique them, they're always going to be critiqued against a certain group of players that are already established. It's a natural progression, but i like what he's I've seen of him so far. It's not tentative. Um, He didn't think too much. See, uh, when you play that back end position, as you know, it's a thinking man's game also. And if you stand flat footed one second too long and think you're not in the right position. You miss a certain angle of coverage, or a, a player who's as fast, if not faster than you, in many cases, is by you before you get to him because you were hesitant in in terms of what you're going to do. But Sidney Brown is is not just trying to make this roster. He's sending a message: I'm here to play now, not waiting the wings for somebody else to allow
4: me to play. You know, Derek, I think when you got corners like the Eagles do that you're allowed to bring that safety position along more. And like you said, you know, look, Devin Witherspoon is a fine ball player, but he's not James Bradbury and Darius Slay. And when you're in a position to be able to be a little bit more of a freelance player and you feel more comfortable because you've got more quality players around you and more quality coaching around you, that's going to bring the best out of you, I've always thought. And when you got a front four like they have and the potential in the front four, yes. he, that's why I think you're seeing that safety position. And I love what you said on Monday of, of of this week when you came out and you went, man, I'll tell you what, that's secondary better than I thought. And to me, Matt Patricia, Sean Desai, let's not forget something about um, Patricia. He coached Stefan Gilmore. Yes. He coached Darrell Rivas. He is a man cover guy. He's all that, <laughs> yeah. and I think you're seeing the influence of all of that with Vic Fangio, with Desai in Chicago. It, it just seems to me these guys, that secondary is coming along quicker than I thought it was going to come along.
5: I, I agree, and when you look at the way this team is, is, is constructed, young players come in here at most positions and don't have to hit the ground running being the man right away because of the wealth of experience they have in front of them. You look at how many teams that draft players and expect them to come in and contribute right away. And there's a, there's a certain amount of pressure put upon them that causes them to be fearful at times, you know, because they don't want to make a mistake, you know, but here you've got a group of players you can learn from in the classroom and a group of players out in the field that when you make mistakes in practice, they're, they're, this or, Eagles organization, I've always said, even back to the Andy Reid tenure, they're very good about getting players who are willing to nurture other players. Y- you played the game a lot longer than I did. There are a lot of selfish players in this game, players that are concerned about two things, my stats, my money. Hey, I had to do it the hard way, let him do it the hard way. That's not the Eagles' way of doing things. The established players, once they've made their money, hey, look, if as long as I'm here, I'm trying to get us better as a unit. We want to be relevant late into the season, not just a 16 or 17 game season, but late into the season. And that baton is continuously passed on. And so you see the slaves and the Bradberries and all these guys go out of their way to help teach these young guys. Hey, look, we need you to get this sooner rather than later because we came within three points of winning the super bowl. And you were here because the organization feels you can help us fill some gaps that we lost. And yet, and
4: yet not be a complete deficit to the overall picture of what we're trying to accomplish. You know, Derek, I, th- I said this yesterday, and I want to get your take on this here. Um, I said that Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox may be the most important players on that defense this year because if you lose one of those guys, you don't really have experienced backups here, and you could potentially have this. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, zero experience. with a zero experience, middle Mike linebacker. If you're going to play Sidney Brown in the secondary, limited reps with Reed Blankenship. Right. All up the middle there. I mean, I think it's essential that those guys are productive this year for this football team to be successful because, again, without Fletcher in that middle and that, and that triangle – boy, I'll tell you what, you're relying on a lot of inexperience. I'm not saying not talented. I'm just saying, you know, the last two years, Derek, I think you and I would both agree. You know, they got better a little bit towards the end of the year when it came um, that run defense, but still it struggled at times. So I think those two guys are important to you. Um, I will say this about Fletch. If you're
5: minus Fletch, you're talking about expediting the, the the number of reps for Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. I, I, I'm not at the point where Jordan Davis is a three down player yet, right. but I do think Milton Williams, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis is great energy, great girth, great speed in that Bermuda triangle of tackles there. So the loss of Fletcher hurts probably a crucial points of a game, but I do think the youth and athleticism even if they make mistakes, can make up for some of that. When you talk about the edge present presence, you know, Brandon Graham's the first to tell you he's not the same player he was four or five years ago. But he's a lot smarter player. Yeah. And having him out on the field to see things and to help these guys is a big deal. He's a great teacher on the sideline when he has to be, but he's more valuable in the huddle when when it comes down to crucial situations. So yes, okay, you say, well, you got. Josh Sweat, you got Hassan Reddick. Reddick, yep, he's a good teacher. Reddick is a good player. He's not the teacher that Brandon Graham is yet, okay? Um, if that's a valuable – I think Brandon Graham is a bigger loss. In the, now, even if Brandon Graham is only playing 35% of the snaps. Correct. Brandon Graham is a bigger loss than Fletcher Cox in that regard, you know, well, we got depth there. We got Nolan. We got Hassan and we, we we got Josh Sweat and probably Derek Barnett. Yeah, but there's something to be said for that 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 that, that grandfathered in time. That just
4: doesn't sound right though, does it? Yeah, no. I mean, no. I like Reddick too, and I like Smith, but if Graham's not there, I think there's a there's a hole there a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're already smaller. Couple last questions for you, D gun. Do you agree? that the success of that defense is all going to be wrapped around the Kobe Dean success this year whether or not because here you're mm-hmm. replacing 160 tackles, 100 solos yeah. in that and I somebody said yesterday I me mean, well if, you know Dean's around 70 you're going to give up 100 tackles and just call that a success they were the number 2 ranked defense because of maybe the most two guys who did the biggest dirty work on that team last year were Kaiser White and were T.J. Edwards, yeah. both had over hundred tackles. One almost one hundred and sixty. He's got a lot of work to do, and boy, I'll tell you what—they are really asking him for an awful lot. Yeah, you
5: know, that's that's an interesting question. Um, for as stout as that defensive front, and I mean front seven were last year, they still were gouged for one hundred and twenty-one yards a game. And wow, did it show in that Super Bowl game that when you have the right offensive technique, you can wall off a dominant a defensive line. Um, I, I, I'm i not I'm not there yet, you know, big sales in terms of how much of a loss it's going to be if you give up that. Now the, let's face it. The Eagles are one of the poor tackling
4: teams on defense period. And look at all right the third by pro football focus yeah. as the worst tackling team in the league.
5: I mean, look at, look at all the astronomical stats they put up except that one key category of tackling, you know, look how many yards they gave up after initial contact, and, and that's huge in a lot of crucial games. And, and now you're smaller. And you're smaller. You're, you're smaller in the middle, and, and I don't think, I honestly don't think Morrow's going to win that outside job because that means you, you're you smaller at two-thirds of your linebacking core. I think Zach Cunningham's going to win that job. I, I believe that's why they brought my Jack and Cunningham in here, for, and, and, and even Christian Ellis. I, I said yep. back in May, I thought Christian Ellis was going to keep beat out uh, Morrow. Because Morrow's 6'1", 215, Ellis was, was, was 6'3", 235, 240. you got to have somebody be able to come up and impact those tackles and guards pulling on those run outside run plays. I don't think Morrow's that guy. Well, Morrow had 108 tackles in Chicago. He had 11 tackles behind the line of scrimmage. How many tackles did he make after the line of scrimmage? I want to know how many tackles. See, a lot of times those tackles are deceiving. How many on
4: 31st-ranked, worst-ranked defense in the NFL. So that means he's he's making a lot of tackles, five, six yards downfield. There you go. So, I've got
5: to be—I've got to take the wait and see approach with Dean because he's such an unknown commodity. He went from being a special teamer and a part-time player, but having the luxury of sitting and learning from the likes of a TJ Edwards, to now he's the man in the middle. Now, there's no question about his athleticism. There's no question about his lateral speed. But at this level, can he come up and stuff the run? Can he come up and be an impact middle linebacker at this level? We won't know that until three or four games into the season. You can't judge it by the first game. And and people are going to say, wow, he's the in fact. You can't judge it by the first game because everybody's going to scheme them different.
4: Three games are trends. That's, in my opinion, you look at three games. Three to five games. Yeah, somewhere near first quarter poll of the season, first four games. That's when you kind of get a sense of who a guy is and what his ceiling is going to be. And then as a player, usually it's three years. Yeah. That's why Pun, exactly. the average playing time for an NFL player is three years. They determine whether or not you're going to be a long time guy or a short term guy. One last question for you. Yeah. Um, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, or Nick Foles, who would you want to have behind Jalen Hurts as your backup quarterback? I uh I I'd say Matt Ryan. I, I would pick Matt Ryan.
5: You know, you know people say, well, Matt Ryan never won anything, but Matt Ryan was a smart quarterback, and he was got, an MVP. Yeah, and he got stuck in a bad situation in Indy. I mean, that, that was just a mess in Indy. You didn't have your you didn't have your returning rushing leader. You know, you had nothing to throw to there except Pittman, and he's okay. He's nothing. not special. But I take I take Matt, Matty Ice in a minute. You know, when you pay, you stack them up, those three don't get me wrong. I love Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles. You know, I consider him a friend. Um, I love him, but in terms of running this particular type of offense, um, and in in visualizing and executing to the nth second, I would definitely
4: say Matty Ice. Yes, absolutely. By the way, our boy B Brooks is coming on at 4 30. So, oh, I'm make sure, I, I'm gonna make sure I get the second best griller of all time uh i'll make sure to say hi for you here man so i can't <laughs> wait to catch up with barrett man thank you so much for doing this i know you're swamped today on yeah, game man. day thank you so much hey by the way make sure you check him out too him and mark hey man you do shows with the weirdest eating people i've ever heard in thank my you. life i mean thank these you. guys are like four-year-olds the way they eat the way they drink i mean i've never seen anything like it man weirdo cheer cheerios and es- espresso I'm more like you, D Gun. Give me a barbecue and a BBQ sandwich. I'm ready Thank to man. rock. Give me my meat, potatoes, and some fries, and I'm good to go.
5: You know, absolutely I, I, the Cheerios with no no milk and, and 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 Farzetta with his three expressos a day with the pinky up stuff. You know what, man? You know, I, see, that's why I told, I told them both. Neither one of you can sit down with me at a dinner table because if
4: anything, I'd get up out of disgust. I would. Let me ask you this. Do you think any of them have ever eaten food with their hands? <laughs> 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 Thank you, D. Gun. love you, man. I appreciate you doing this. Likewise, brother. You have a good show. You got it, man. Don't forget to catch D. Gun out, too, in the post game talking Eagles right here on Jacob Sports, too. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. All right. Hit the like button here. I threw that off of Derek here. Um, so tonight, think about it. Mariota, want to see him in the two-hole here. Would you rather have Matt Ryan or would you rather have Foles or would you rather have Marcus Mariota? Mariota fits the skill set of what the offense is going to be. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts going over to the sidelines, talking to Brian Johnson and Matt Ryan? What do you see? Matt Ryan's an NFL MVP. And by the way, for anyone to say that quarterbacks failed in Indianapolis, that's not an indictment on the players any longer. That's an indictment on Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay is the reason that the Colts fumble the ball every year. They're the reason they don't get it right. Look, I know the sentimental favorite would be Nick Foles, but I want to have Jalen... Going over to the sidelines with a guy who's not a cult figure in Philadelphia and a guy who was a former NFL MVP who helped take a team to a Super Bowl. I mean, can you imagine him? Him and I think that's a perfect scenario, and I don't think it'd be a lot of money. Okay, so wait, who you? Some of you would rather have Marcus mediocre versus a former nfl mvp on the sidelines talking to Hertz, and in case of a disaster you have a guy who almost beat you a year ago even seriously i don't know how you don't look at it that way i mean and he's not going to cost you a king's ransom barrett brooks will join us at 4 30 as well as we get ready for tonight's eagles and browns game um Let's get into some of the players that I want to see. By the way, I want to close that whole thing up on what we were talking prior to getting D-Gun on. I want to see the overall depth of the team, too, tonight. Okay? And we just talked about the quarterbacks, and I'm, we haven't even got to our topics yet. Um. You know, I will get to one of the topics here. I'll do the coaches now. Here's what I want to see tonight from the coaches. I want to see tonight how the coaches communicate on defense again. I thought they did a really good job defensively in that Ravens game. Looked like everybody knew where they were going, I didn't see a lot of missed assignments offensively with all the new faces, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you're playing with twos and threes, sometimes fours in a first exhibition game. This is the dress rehearsal. So you got to kind of be ready to rock here. So I just, I want to see the overall depth and how the coaches handle it. I want to see a little bit of the special teams tonight. Okay. I want to see special teams special teams are one of the worst units in the league. Is it going to get better? Hey, for the record, I'd like to put Sidney Brown's ass on that team and have him run down there like a ball hawk, knocking people out down there. Yeah, I'd like to see Nolan Smith on that team. You can't have a shitty special teams going into England in week one. Okay, you can't. You know, I miss the days when you had Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks Gary Reasons, Pepper Johnson on the kickoff team for Bill Belichick. He still does that shit to this day. Puts his front line guys on special teams. That's why he's got the best units every year. Because he puts his best players and he always wins that battle. Every si- Hey, I'll say it to you right now. Right here on August 17th, I'll say it to you. You will lose the special teams battle in New England. You will lose the sec- You will lose the special teams battle. Well, then again, that's not really much of a, of a prediction because you lose it every week anyway. So we'll see. We'll see here. I want to see the coaches continuing to develop. Okay. So, yeah, you know, Kwan goes. We're going to be kicking off a lot sales. Yeah, but too bad you'll be giving up field position like you always do. Teams will be starting on the 37 to 38-yard line every week on you, too. And then with your suspect defense, you'll be playing short fields almost. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. You'll be kicking off and can't cover. I mean, let's not forget the Green Bay game. I mean, you can't cover. And get this, this is not an opinion. You can't cover. And last year you had the second rate defense. This year you don't. Okay. Quad <laughs> goes against Mac Jones. So scary. Oh, that's Tyler Heineke. Man, he strikes fear in you. Wow. Tyler Heineke who's not even playing anymore in Washington. Beat the shit out of you last year. Wow, that Tyler Heineke. (laughs) Tyler Heineke. Yeah. Yeah, woo, Andy Dalton. Woo! Those guys are world beaters, baby. Always count on Quan to bring nonsense to the table. Thank you, dude. You're entertaining, if anything. (laughs) you can't cover see here's what the eagles will do they'll score kick off give the ball to somebody on the 35 to 40 yard line you go half the field kick a field goal you keep yourself in a game that's how you drop a game simple as that bang all right so we talked about the quarterbacks ian book should be fired he should not be on the eagle team so watch this ian book Goodbye. And I'm going to talk about players just like this because this is how personnel people do it. Ian Book will be turning in his playbook very soon. He should not be on a practice squad in Philly, maybe somewhere else, but not in Philadelphia. Not good enough. I want to see more of Tanner McKee. Let's see him do it again. Let's see him do it under pressure. Let's let's see who he is. Okay, I mean, he made me do this. It looks like he could play. Well, let's see him do it again. Is it a one of? Is he that guy? Is there something to work with? He doesn't fit the offense, but he looks like he's something. So let's see what he can do. He's not my number two. And Marcus Mariota, I just am not sold on him. I've never been. I didn't like him coming out in the draft. I never did. I didn't think he was anything at Oregon. They gave him the Heisman, and I'm like, yeah, okay. He's the West Coast version of Tim Tebow. I never, th- maybe a better arm a little bit. Tanner McKee looks better. Than Marcus Mario ever did. I don't know. I just. I don't think he's the answer too. If he, if let me say this to you, if Mariota is the quarterback for any stretch, it'll look worse than Gardner Minshew. He, I don't believe in it. I just don't believe in it. I think Mariota's not very good. And then again, Marcus Mariota's never been good. All right, let's go down the list here running backs how much do i want to see swift i'd want to see swift more with mckee than Mariota. maybe 20 plays 15 plays and maybe maybe 10 to 15 i don't want to go 20 that's too many 15 to 20 Get, hit, get him some – Get especially in the passing game. I don't want to run him in between the tackles. I don't need to see DeAndre Swift running in between the tackles. That's not what I – I'll put those other dudes in there, Scott and Gainwell, to run in between the tackles and Troy Sermon. I'll, 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 I'll do those three dudes. I don't need to put Swift in harm's way. That's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to get the week one against the England with him. And – He's my – he he's RB1 as far as I'm concerned. And right now, I would list him as RB3 because I don't want him anywhere near running the ball in between the tackles. Makes no sense. Okay? Makes no sense. The wide receiver position is troubling. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have troubles at wideout. Do you? Do people think the Eagles have problems at wideout? Joseph says no. Okay. So Joseph, you lose Devontae Smith or you lose AJ Brown? You comfortable with Devontae Smith and Quez? I don't think Penny will make the team too slow. Ah, Jameson, he'll probably make it. Are you high? I said your wide receiver group. Once again, a group doesn't make two. That's a couple. Listen to my words. How is your wide receiver core? And I'll show you another position on your team where you're strong. You lose one of those wideouts, you got a mediocre wide receiver core. Right now, with the two dudes, they're elite two dudes. You don't have an elite and a good group. Actually, the Cowboys have a better group. Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb. They got the other kid that's a pretty good player who's better than Quez. The Cowboys have a better group. You have better. You have two better players. That's a fact. But as a group, they can sustain the war and the war of attrition. You can't there. Hey, you don't want to hear that. But injuries in this sport, ask Hassan Reddick, are part of the game. Freak ones, stupid ones. Happens. You're not going to be as healthy as you were a year ago. You are not. And you hope you don't get hurt at a position you're not deep at. You're not deep at wide out. The kid from Atlanta could be decent. I'd like to see him. Gary Ward. What's Devin Allen doing on the team? What's he doing there? I mean, is he on special teams or some shit? What's, What's he doing? If we lose Brown and Smith, the receiving room is screwed. That's tone. That's a fact. You lose one of those guys. Your boat's taking on massive water. Dude. Then you'll start look get this. Then you'll start looking like some of the other teams around the league that don't have you'll look like the Giants. You'll look like the Giants wide receiving room only better because you'll have Devonte or AJ. Hey, and for the record, what did AJ ever do in Tennessee by himself? You don't think him coming to Philadelphia and having Devante on the other side helps? Sills hasn't watched the games. I don't know what you're talking about. This guy thinks he's got a good wide receiving room outside of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. There's no debating that. I won't. And I won't go back and forth on that because you do not. Quez Watkins is not. If you're counting on Quez Watkins as your three guy... You're 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 sorely in trouble. He's a marshmallow. He's a marshmallow. So you need to find some people here to strengthen the room in case of any injuries. Goddard's not a wide receiver. Tight end. Let's go there. Who's Dan Arnold? Got enough depth there? Think if you lose Goddard, I thought you I thought you backpedaled a little bit after Goddard got hurt offensively. I thought the thing backpedaled a bit. You are not deep at tight end at all. That tight end room's not very good. And again, who's Dan Arnold? Let's see him tonight. Throw him some footballs. Let's find out if there's any kind of depth there. Let's let's find out. You have zero depth at tight end. You need to develop. I'm not saying, you know, there was a time on this team you had Goddard and Zach Ertz. You've gone from that to Goddard and hoping he stays healthy for 17 games. Okay. You know I'm a Goddard fan. Okay. So I mean, who's this guy? Hey, Seals, listen to this. Between Smith, Brown, and Goddard, they accounted for 76% of Jalen Hurts' targets. That tells you everything you need to know about the depth chart and who he trusted with the Rock. Yeah, the rest of the guys were nobodies. Almost 80% of his throws went to those three men. Those are the only three men he trusts. The rest of them are just guys. You're not deep at skilled positions not saying there's a lot of teams in the league that are but you're relying on three people three people you're relying on not to get hurt actually four the quarterback too okay the chat loves stats so damn much throw that stat in her face that's tone 80% of his targets went to three dudes and the rest of these guys were bums. Bums. Okay. Again, Jalen needs all these players to move the chains. That includes running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. Wow. 80% went to three dudes. There's a stat for you guys. Take home and talk to your boys when you're on your super chat or you're on your, like, group texts when you're sitting around in a circle jerk talking to one another. Julio said that there's three dudes, 80%. That's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. left guard um opeta i'd like to see him play a little bit i actually like him hey by the way i think the depth on your o line okay i think i think your i think your your group on your o line is really coming along is that a shocker probably not right is that a shocker it's probably not a shocker because jeff stoutland's there I want to see Josh Sills, Tyler Steen, at right guard. I actually like Josh. I think he's a good player. Now watch this. Here's your depth. Josh Sills, Tyler Steen, Dennis Kelly, and Jack Driscoll. How do I feel about that depth? Dude, I think this guy Steen could start on 65% of the teams in the National Football League right now. And he's going to be a backup. Jack Driscoll could be a swing guy almost at every position except for center in your old line. I love him. Look, is he the best tackle? No. Is he the best guard? No. But can he play all positions? Yeah. It's the best Swiss Army knife you have in the league. It's great. This kid Steen could play right tackle and right guard. Name a team that deep out of position, and I'll wait. That's not the point. Jalen Hurts needs those guys if you're going to go to the Super Bowl. If you lose one of those wideouts, you're not going. He's not going to throw for 4,700 yards. And then you're going to rely on a run game, and you'll be back to being one-dimensional. You missed the point here, and Hurts is going to have to run more. If you lose a wideout, Hurts will have to run for 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards. He ain't throwing for 4,000 yards with Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. You, who do you think he is? Patrick Mahomes? Josh Allen? He's got one wideout up there. Diggs. That's it. No back. Good old line. No tight end. Nothing. You have all that. You can't lose that. (laughs) You can't. I like this group. Hey, Derek Barnett, what kind of camp has he had? Has he shown up anywhere? I've, I've heard nobody say anything except for his pathetic fight. Here's another guy. Dirk Barnett being on a football team is a joke. Why are you giving out hall seats? Why are, you, why are you giving out locker room chairs to guys who don't deserve to be on the football team? I don't get this. He restructures his contract. I don't give a shit. He should be handing money back anyway. I mean, this guy's robbing a bank known as the Philadelphia Eagle National Bank. This guy's pathetic. He will let you down. He has no, he has no discipline. I don't want a guy like that on my team. The only thing that's for sure is that he's not disciplined. Why is he there? Let me guess. Because how he drafted him high. Okay? I want to see Nolan Smith. How are you going to play him? How are you going to play him? Kayvon Wallace. Hey, by the way, this greedy Williams kid, is he a player? Is he anything? What is he? Who is he? I'm going to reset this, okay? And by the way, there's no shade on Jalen. But if you lose one of those wideouts, he couldn't throw for 4,000 yards and stay healthy with A.J. and Devontae Goddard on the roster. What are you going to do with Quez and Devontae as your guys? And that's it. And broken down backs. You think he'll stay healthier or not? Again, this tonight is about developing the guys underneath. I started the program out, didn't I, Tone? By saying that Hertz has had a spectacular camp. Spectacular camp. Don't go crazy with me here. Barrett Brooks, hour number two at 4.30 Eastern. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Tone, I'll tell you what. Tone, let me do this before we take the time out here. Let's do this here. Our good friends at Hooters here, don't forget. Hey, by the way, tonight for Thursday Night Football, Guys, make sure you get out there to Hooters. This is going to be the official home for the National Football League, and you are going to love it tonight. It is going to be absolutely packed tonight. People are going to absolutely love it here when you go over to the Hooters and King of Prussia. By the way, seven locations all around the area. Go to northeasthooters.com to find that location nearest to you for you to be able to have yourself that great time. Your fantasy draft parties watching football tonight, home of the Eagle fans, all the playoff, or or, excuse me, all the exhibition football games that you'll see throughout the entire weekend, you can see it right there at Hooters. Fantasy drafts, call them now. By the way, also, the iconic girls will be able to serve you there Tuesdays. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. All you can eat, kids eat free on Saturdays as well. Go to northeasthooters.com to find a location nearest you, one of the seven locations nearest you, for you to be able to reserve your seat and watch the Eagles tonight, your football on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. This is going to be your one-stop place. Make no mistake about it. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. Two, Barrett Brooks will join us at the bottom of the hour um I, I the injury to Hassan reddick is what on a scale of one to ten okay on a scale of one to ten what's the injury to Hassan reddick A one? It's a thumb injury, by the way. It's a thumb injury. And they're saying he should be ready by the start of the season versus New England. What's good, brother? Appreciate you coming aboard. I knew he was going to whine about Reddick. guy's a mind reader now why don't you pick me some powerball numbers four two it's a nothing burger i don't care get them ready don't lose your conditioning okay stay on the bike he's a pass rusher Okay, He just needs to keep his conditioning. In my opinion, we're not talking knee. We're not talking shoulder. We're not talking hamstring. We're not talking anything significant here. It's a thumb. He'll be able to do conditioning and probably will be able to go through some pass rushing drills as long as he doesn't have to put his hands on anything. So to me, you're still going to be able to work your footwork. So... Look, he's not going to cover tight ends anyway. He's not a tackler anyway. That's not his forte. I think maybe that's one of the advantages of this is because he's not Michael Parsons. He doesn't have to cover tight ends. He doesn't have to make tackles because he's not very good at it. But what he is good at is getting home. Okay? Getting home. That's what he's good at. And that's all I'm paying him for. I'm not paying him to cover shitty tight ends and take him as a decoy off the perimeter. If I'm an offensive coordinator and I see Sean Desai having Hassan Reddick cover tight ends, I win. Because you take your best pass rusher out of the scheme of getting to the quarterback. Jesus, criminy, I don't know about you. How don't you win on that? That means you're trying to get home with lesser pass rushers. Why would you take, if you're Sean Desai or Matt Patricia or anybody involved in decision-making, why would you take your best player out of third down and drop him in coverage? Why in the world would you do that? You wouldn't. So... His thumb injury, I don't care. As long as he's in shape, keeps himself active, goes out there, maybe small cast, runs around, does some hula, dr- hula hoop drills, some pass rushing drills, keep him fresh, and get him ready for week one against New England. I don't give a crap about anything else other than that. So am I concerned with it? Absolutely not. If he had to do the multiple things that Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons had to do, there could be a concern there. Okay? Just keep yourself active. Running around on the bike, get on the treadmill, go out and run some sprints. It's a thumb injury. Don't act like one of the people that sit in the stands and cry about little thumb injuries or act like a baseball player. It's a thumb injury. Everyone plays with banged up whatever it's not knee it's not shoulder okay just get out there and play and you'll be i i need him week one to get home and to get to mac jones i don't need anything i mean if it was a knee injury i'd be massively concerned because then you're talking about nolan smith and a bunch of guys that don't have experience and an undisciplined football player and Derek barnett taking over and that i don't want how would that look Undisciplined Derek Barnett out there. Two guys who don't have a lot of experience at your tackle position. Your Mike linebacker with zero um, experience, and your safety position still has to get reps. That's not something I want to go to a football game with. Coordinators today will attack every one of those guys. That's what they do. They attack the new guys. Hey, by the way, as much as we like Sidney Brown. He will be the number one target in the secondary when they see him there. As much as we like him until he proves otherwise. That's the way it works. He will be the number one target by offensive coordinators. And so, no, here here are going to be the targets for coordinators, especially Bill O'Brien. Jacoby Dean, your safety position, why would I I threaten the two corners? Why would I go after the two corners when they're your most experienced guys? Common sense tells you I wouldn't go there. But I am going to go after that safety position, and I am going to go after your inexperienced linebacker position, and I am going to try to run the ball on you. I'm going to try to get a fourth-quarter football game, try to beat you with three minutes left in the game. That is going to be the mantra of lesser teams with lesser talent than you. And if you can't stop that formula, you'll lose games, like I said earlier, that you're supposed to win. Okay? Okay? So to me, once again, Nicobe Dean is going to win by smarts not physicality well how can you win by smarts when you're not practicing how how is that possible physicality when you haven't proven you could stay healthy i said this to you when i opened the show i'm more impressed with sydney brown and what he's shown me so far in skill set than the kobe dean in a year and a half and one more thing to be fair to dean I want to know why you're so comfortable, Philadelphia Eagle, front office. Please show me tonight. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see why you're so confident. Because I have not in a year and a half. I see why you drafted Sidney Brown. I see why you took Jalen Carter. So far, to me, last two years in your draft, here's how I look at it. Jordan Davis, I don't know. I could seesaw on him, see what he does. Dean, I don't know what he is. Brown, I like it. Juergens, I like it. Steen, like it. Carter, love it. Brown, love it. It's not an indictment on who they are as players yet because you got to wait and see who they are here. But I can tell you this. I'm coming from a better place with Brown, Carter, Nolan Smith. I think he was more of a project. This is why I I looked at him. And by the way, Barrett Brooks will join us at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, it's not. Here, here. So everyone knows. And, And Barrett knows this. Take 3 years you get you get an assessment of what a guy is takes you about 3 years for him to form his identity okay 3 games you're going to see kind of how he plays this year and then you're hoping he puts tape together back to back to back okay and that's kind of what we're where we're going here so I mean, like, I don't want to see a ton of Penny. Boy, I really like your... Hey, do you think you're more... You're deeper this year than you were a year ago with Andre Dillard? Ah, Sam Malo, man. You know what, though? I forgot about this. Am I wrong? Hey, Tone, am I wrong about this? But was there a small battling camp between... Jack Driscoll and Isaac Sayamalo for the right guard position last year. Was 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 there like was there kind of like a, like a pseudo battle, like a small one, last year for that right guard position? I I I I thought I remembered that there was kind of like some sort of like you know. They're, they liked Sayamalo, but the Sayamalo ended up winning the job, and he just went on and really had a great year, and that's why he's in Pittsburgh now with big money. Because, again, look what they were trying to do. They were trying to put Jack Driscoll in that position to beat out Sayamalo. Why? Because they knew they were going to let Sayamalo walk last fall. But they knew they were going to let him walk. There was a small battle. How he was trying to replace him. Then they realize Sam Amalo is just better, and he is better. That's how you end up. That's how you end up replacing guys that you know you're gonna see. How he was looking last year down the line. Well, we're gonna have to get rid of Sam Amalo because we're not gonna pay twenty million dollars. I'm paying Dickerson twenty million, not him. Okay. I always wondered if I'm irrationally optimistic about Dean, but I strongly feel confident. Dog, okay. So do, but, 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 dog, so do the Eagles. So do the Eagles. And if the Eagles feel comfortable, I want to know why they do. All I, hey, what is so difficult to ask this question? I just want to see him do something. Maybe one thing he's done where you went like this that's a good player. Here, look at this. Man, Carter just looks, every time he steps on a field, he looks like a dominant guy. I mean, Brown looks it. Um, But name me one thing where you go, man, that guy, wow. You see it, the way he runs to the ball, the way he does this. Okay. I don't see it. Not yet, at least. I can't feel comfortable until I see him put together some reps at the NFL level and in and, and a starting role too, not just coming in and mop up. You know what I mean? And quite frankly, I don't want to hear coaches telling me how good a guy's doing when he hasn't practiced that much in camp. Cause then I start to think you're lying to me because that's what they do. The Eagles control the media in that market. You can really only speak from what you saw him doing in college. Well, that's not – that's a different level, man. College has nothing to do with the NFL. It gets you to the NFL. Once you're here, it has nothing to do with anything, really. Your, NFL, your college career is over. It's in the rearview mirror. It has nothing to do with present. Nothing. It's zero to do. Look what that college career did for Trey Lance. Or Carson Wentz. What did it do for those guys? College gets you in the NFL, it doesn't keep you here. Absolutely, man. That's why every year when Ed Heisman Trophy comes out, they tell you who they tell you who the best player in the country is. He's not really the best player in the country. I don't care what everyone says about you. <laughs> Maniac. Thank you, brother. Isn't it funny how contradicting college football is? They tell you who the best college football player in the country is by awarding him the Heisman Trophy. Then when the draft comes, that guy's nowhere near that top pick. It's someone else from North Carolina or someplace else from North Dakota State or Cal or wherever. Isn't it funny? The Heisman Trophy guy is rarely drafted in the first round. I mean, do you know how many MVPs have been first-round picks? Cam Newton, Roger Staubach, and Lamar Jackson at quarterback. That's in, since 1936. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah the, the most overhyped and overrated award in college football is the Heisman. It's not the best player in the country. It's a joke show. Oh, Bryce Young has yet to win an MVP. Wake me up when he does. Yeah, well, wake me up when he wins an MVP. See, once again, some of you guys with shit in your ears. I said, name me an MVP that won the Heisman that was a first-rounder. Can't hear, can you? That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Big sales. Hey, let me just say this to you about why Trey Lance is in San Francisco and why you look at a position on where San Francisco – how about Brock Purdy's thrown 10? Hey, Brock Purdy has thrown 10 picks. 10 picks in practice since he's come back to full practice. And you know what Kyle Shanahan says? Here's what a bullshit artist, Niner, your coach is. He tells us how great Sam Darnold is and how super super he looks. And then he turns around and says this about Brock Purdy throwing 10 picks in three practices. Hey, I'm not worried. Dude, no one believes you. No one believes you. You got a guy. Listen, if Jalen Hurts threw 10 picks in practice, I'd be like this. Yeah, they must be working on something. Brock Purdy throws 10 picks. You know what I say? Last year must have been a fluke. That's what I say. I say this to you guys about the Niners, and I'm going to revise my pick. I think I think Seattle wins the West. Hey, Tone, remember I said that, and I'm not changing it now. I think Seattle wins the West. I think they win the West because they have the better quarterback and the better wide receiver duo, and they have a 1,000-yard back. They've improved their defense, and I think they got a better coach. I think they got a better coach. So wait a minute. The greatness of Kyle Shanahan can't turn around Trey Lance, but Pete Carroll could turn around the dumpster known as Geno Smith into an MVP candidate? Who's the better coach? Ask how come nobody in that division brings that up? So wait a minute here. Pete Carroll takes a dumpster in Geno Smith's career, makes him an MVP candidate, Gets him a two-year, $35 million contract extension, and this guy can't turn around Trey Lance, who he gave three ones up for. Oh, okay. He's a better coach? Pete Carroll has won at every level. He's one of a handful of coaches that has won at the college and NFL level. What's Kyle Shanahan done? What has Kyle Shithand done? Name me. Blown a lead in the Super Bowl, gets his quarterbacks killed. I'm sorry. I think that guy lives off his last name, and it's nepotism. He's a good coach, but he ain't what they, he ain't Mike Shanahan. You know that movie, Ford versus Ferrari? When Enzo Ferrari goes like this, and eh, make sure you tell him this. <laughs> okay? He, he he ain't Henry Ford, he's Henry Ford the 3rd. Let me say one more time. So Pete Carroll takes that dumpster f- I'm going to do this before I get my boy Baird on. So Pete Carroll takes that dumpster fire, Geno Smith and turns his career around, turns him into an MVP. But Kyle Shanahan is now he can't turn Trey Lance into a good quarterback. Gave up three ones for the guy. And I'm supposed to believe that Kyle Shanahan's a better coach than Pete Carroll. The Seahawks won the West. Okay? Let's go to my guy, man. I miss this dude. <laughs> Oh so my man, it is Barrett Brooks. He joins us now. Is-
3: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in
6: too man i miss you too bro how's it going man
4: dude absolutely nbc philadelphia make sure you catch barrett man as he covers the eagles like nobody else and he gives it to you straight just like everyone else again too here barrett i'll tell you what man um give give me what you want to see tonight um versus the browns would you agree you and i used to play between four and five exhibition games now it's cut down to three this is kind of the dress rehearsal right
6: it is, you know, because I, I doubt it. No, it's not I doubt. I know no Eagles starters will play next week for sure. It's just how the league is now. And I can't say that it's soft because at this point we had 22 starters uh, play in, in the Super Bowl that started the year off for the Eagles. So I can't do anything but just agree upon what they've been doing. So at this point, I want to see the defensive side of the ball number one. I want to see nicobe dean go out there and start and play that's my biggest thing right now my biggest thing i want to see nicobe dean play i got a lot of faith in him i believe in his ability to be a starter um how good of a starter we'll see but that's what i want to see man you know, I want to see how he works because he got some great guys in front of him some great guys in front of him and and that was what makes a middle linebacker the guys in front of him so he has an opportunity to be pretty good
4: I'll say this to you, Barrett, and I and I've kind of pulled back on. I'm I'm kind of in your, in your camp with this. Look, I want to know why the Eagles feel so comfortable that he's going to replace 160 Yeah, and that's I all I kind of want to see. Show me why you're so comfortable with that. And so let's let's see some reps because for me, Barrett, you know, I'll get to Sidney Brown in a minute. But I mean, I don't know. This guy's been here four months. I'm more impressed with him than I have been in a year and a half with N'Kobe so far. So, I mean, I think really it's just getting out there and feeling comfortable. Barrett, I I would have wanted this, them to bring back TJ and have him as a sandbacker yes. and have him matriculate his game, kind of what they did with Seth, and then he can evolve into that. Mike, I thought that may have been the perfect situation for him.
6: That would have been a perfect situation. I mean, just going under his tutelage, a guy, you know, TJ Edwards, did, well, he wasn't, wasn't going to blow you out with measurables. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't fast, but he wasn't slow as pond water. But he was there to make a play. He got himself better. He redefined his body. He went out there and showed and proved that he's an, um, a starting linebacker in the league. And put, you know, N'Kobe beside him and learn the game. You know, he's fast enough to play. He's, he's good enough to play. Now they put themselves in a position where they had to go out and get two, uh, two other linebackers, you know? So, I mean, they got to go to Cunningham. And they had to get uh a Miles. So, that makes me believe that, all right, there wasn't a lot of of, of trust in that linebacking, um, that meeting room. You know what I'm saying? But I know you said Brown, and I know we're going to talk about him in a minute, man, but he'll show me something, man. He'll show me I'll tell something. you
4: what, Barrett. I said this to open the show about him, and, you know, everyone was talking about Devin Witherspoon, and I like him too. He's one of my favorite players. However, you know, when Lovey didn't – coach him his senior year, and the guy from Wisconsin came down. I went like this, and you have said this numerous times to me about schemes. Sometimes your skill set's not accentuated with good coaching. And to me, when I look at Sidney Brown, I'm like, the shit he's doing right now with the Eagles, he didn't do that on tape at Illinois. He's running through tackles. He's getting folks on the ground. Now the corners he's playing with. Plus, he's got Patricia Desai. You're playing with better people. You're in a better situation. Just like Josh Allen, Barrett. I mean, Wyoming, you really think he was going to get great coaching there? When he goes to Buffalo, all of a sudden he gets Brian Dable. He's got Dorsey. He's got, you know, he's got all those good coaches up there. So to me, this guy looks like he's a first-round talent because he's being put in a better position to succeed. Am I right when I'm saying that?
6: Bro, when I was watching Derek Witherspoon, I kept seeing this kid number thirty flash yeah, in front sir. of me. Yes, sir. Like, wh- who is this? Who's this safety we're talking about? We're not even talking about him. We're talking about Devin Witherspoon. I'm looking at this say, he keeps jumping out at me, and the more and more I look at him, and the more and more I, I look at how he plays, I've, I I I tell people this, and I don't hope I hope people don't just take it and run with it like I'm saying he's going to be uh, a, a, um, a Hall of Famer, but. I was with two great players in the infancy of their career before they were Hall of Famers. And I was with Brian Dawkins and Troy Polamalu. And I remember certain characteristics in the games they played and how they played the game. Everything was full speed. He wanted to take, take your head off on every single play. They ran and produced every single time they were given an opportunity. I see them same characteristics in this kid uh, Brown. The same exact characteristics. This kid will be special. Once given the opportunity to be a starter, he'll be special. He might not start this year because I tell you what, I know you don't like Kayvon Wallace, but Kayvon Wallace is showing me something, man, that towards the end of the year and what he's done in camp, he's deserving of being a starter. I do like the talent they got there. Now, they believe in those safety position guys. You know why? Because they haven't brought anybody else in. They didn't believe in the linebacker position. They brought somebody in. They have yet to bring in a safety uh, to 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 really um, go for that position, that's because they like Kayvon Watson they like Sidney Brown a lot, and they like Terrell also,
4: Terrell Edmonds also. I'm doing something here that I've got to do. I didn't, <laughs> I haven't told Barrett this yet, but I'm gonna bow to him here. And Jeff McClain. I'll tell you something, dude. I went back and watched. I said, what's this? What's Barrett talking about? So I go <laughs> back and I go like this. I watched C.J. Gardner Johnson last year. I can't tell you how many misfits running around, getting turned around, and I said this. I go, you know what? Barrett's right. This guy had a fluke year. You know how a guy sometimes is in the right spot at the right time with great people around you? I got to tell you, man, he was so bad. (laughs) And getting people on the ground and run fits, That get this. That kid, Edmonds, might actually be an upgrade. He gets turned around a little bit in pass coverage. But in the run game, he knows what he's doing when it comes to run fits. And now when you add some of these other guys, I'll tell you something too, Barrett, watching those guys in the first week against the Ravens, like you and I don't give a shit about stats or what have you. However, they were doing this, Barrett. They were communicating. They were talking. They were moving guys around. And I was pleasantly surprised with the depth that they have back there,
5: yeah
6: you're exactly right man and i kept telling people c j garner johnson they they there were two guys that hurt them in a run and why they were probably they were they were in the in the last you know half of the i mean they were they were like ranked like number five number four as far as run stop me stopping a the run they were in the the top i mean they were in the bottom five yeah the five and that's because Hargrave number one wasn't going to give you anything on the pass. I mean, on the on the run stopping, I saw him get double teamed and put ten yards down the field and put it on his head. And then Chauncey Garner Johnson, he just wasn't run fit. His run fit wasn't there. He was trying to learn it, but he just didn't. He didn't have the tools to go out there and really stop the run. I mean, he didn't have enough. He didn't have lead in his ass to go out there and stop the run. Yeah. Kayvon Wallace showed that last year. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. did a great job last year, towards the end of the year, of of getting guys on the ground, tackling, and making sure. I like his I like his pass, his, you know, his passing uh, and um, defense, but I didn't think he was very
4: good in the run, man. That's just me. Couple last questions for you here. Um, you know, I I I look at the depth and I go, Josh Sills, dude. I'll tell you this: you and me thought that this kid Tyler Steen had to be tied to a chair and had his ass whipped a little bit, but boy, I'll tell you what. He could play right tackle, right guard, and I think he could start on probably 60% of the teams in the National Football League. And now when you have Dennis Kelly, Jack Driscoll, the ultimate Swiss Army knife, and Josh Seals there, Barrett, am I right when when I'm looking at it, am I going, are they deeper this year? How is that year? possible? Exactly. How is that possible, man? I, you know what? Am I, am, is, is, am I overblowing that statement? Why do I, I feel know. better now about this offensive line group being deeper?
6: And there's no question about that. And I thought still he was going to take a little bit for him to learn how to be that strong and, 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 and assertive player. He looks strong to me, bro. Yeah, He looked standing out there when he put him at tackle guard. It's going to take a bit of learning, man. But he looks good. That's that, that swap tackle or wherever they're going to put him at. Um, we know Kelly has, you know, he's got plenty of starts on and He'll be okay. But like you said, they got Swiss Army knives and, and, and guys that can go out there and play each position. I like them. I like – to me,
4: they're more deep this year than they were last year. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right. I got to do this, man. The guy who I stole this from, uh, are you comfortable with Marshmallow being number three? <laughs> Here, here's why I say this, Barrett. You lose AJ Brown or you lose Devontae. You got Devontae Smith and Quez. That's not gonna move the needle, dude, when you gotta play them good AFC teams. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you I'm not saying you have to have a superstar at number three, but you gotta have a reliable guy there. At number well, two.
6: I mean, sales, big sales. What if one of those guys? That, let me—I don't want to say it, but
4: what if that happens? I know. It's now not a you deep now room. now you got to Room, it's not a deep right. room.
6: Right. So I don't know, man. That's the only deficiency I see on the offensive side of the ball that they have is is depth at that, and also looking at depth at receiving tight end.
4: That's I, I brought that up too. Who's Dan Arnold, dude? I—I I, I mean, who is that guy? <laughs> Right? I'm like this. I got one last question for you. Who would you rather have, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, or Marcus Mariota as Nick the Foles. backup quarterback Nick, to Jalen? Nick
5: Foles. Nick Foles.
4: <laughs>
6: All right, man. Nick Foles, bro. That's just my pick, bro.
4: You got to have it, man. Nick Foles. Dude, i tell you what, man. I'm going to be watching your show, man, after the um, – you, you're working tonight, correct?
6: Yes, sir. I'm at work right now. That's why I'm sitting there, man. I had to get Big Seals in. Big Seals asked, I got to be there.
4: Man, that's awesome. you got to be there. I'll always be there for you. Hey, by the way, man, when we come to, um, when we come to Hooters, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff at King of Prussia. I can't I, wait. You have to come up there, man. My treat, when you come up, you have to come up, dude. You have to come up. Please. I appreciate it, bro. I'll be there, all right? Well, I will tell you what, man. I'll make sure the house. It's all you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> Set it down together, baby. You got it, man. Thank you, Barrett. Have a great show tonight, my friend. Appreciate it, still appreciate you, bro. You got it, man. That is my dear friend, Barrett Brooks. I love him. His fantastic family, absolutely great. So again, really cool stuff. We appreciate him coming aboard with us. He wants Nick Foles. All right he he, he, he wants Nick Foles. All right. Hey, we're going to reset everything here, but don't forget, folks, I just talked about, you know, Hooters and the 35th anniversary that um, 40th anniversary that they have. I mean, look, I've been involved with them for 35 years, I should say, so it's kind of an anniversary for me, but Hooters is celebrating their 40th anniversary. Ever since they opened up the doors in Clearwater, Florida, it has now expanded all over. And there's seven locations in the Northeast area. You go to northeasthooters.com, okay? As you just heard me talk with Barrett, I'm going to be at the King of Prussia one. We're going to have a great time. I invite all of you to come up with us. Your fantasy draft parties, this is your place for you to go. Your, Your football tonight, the place is packed right now. Absolutely packed. Actually, all seven are packed in the Northeast area for Eagle Ball tonight, the official home of Eagle fans. The iconic Hooter Girls are going to be there to serve you. Look, Tuesdays, you buy 10 wings, right? 10 boneless wings for free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. How's this? All-you-can-eat a 40-year anniversary item that we have had on that menu forever. Six items, six bucks. Fried pickles, your favorite brew. Just get to any one of the Hooters, any one of the seven locations in the Northeast area by going to northeasthooters.com. For you to be able to find that local location nearest you, you can also go over to my website, that Dan Silio show, my Twitter site, and you'll see when we'll be in town at the King of Prussia Hooters for you to be able to come out and have a cold one with us. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor—you tell them Big Sil sent you.
0: Eagles.
4: Once again, you think the Niners are putting too much faith in Brock Purdy. Going to look at week two of the national football leagues dress rehearsal. As Barrett said, that'll be at the top of the hour. Kind of reset some of the things we've been talking about here. Um, You think that they've been putting too much faith in Brock Purdy here? I mean, 10 picks in preseason. Is that a problem? Yeah, for a guy who hasn't proven shit yet. We're not taught. Look, here, here. We're kind of giving Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt in Denver, right? Because he's Russell Wilson. You're going to do this. You know, look, do I think he shot? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning there, but I'm still going to give it to him the first half of the season to see where he is. Hey, if he turns it around, we'll go, that was just a stupid year for him. Players have bad years. We see that with everyone. Everybody in the NFL has, unless you're Tom Brady, has a bad year. Everyone does. And so you go like, well, you know, it was just a bad year. You know, there was a lot of turmoil in the front office in Seattle. Seattle didn't want him around. They wanted to get him out of there anyway. So you're going to kind of give him the benefit. Plus, he's Russell Wilson. Brock Purdy is a nobody. He's a nobody. And get this, to use a, to use a statement that many people use and a cliche that many people use, the bullets aren't even real now, and he's throwing 10 picks. I mean, look, I give Dak more leeway than I do Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has done nothing for me to sit here and go, oh, no, I'm completely inconfident in him. Big Sills, you better put the brakes on. You're going to make nine years. Yeah, um... Ah. I mean, this guy can't get through practice without making mistakes. Okay? Scott goes, the Eagles broke Purdy. Scott, let me expand on that. Do you think the Eagles exposed Kyle Shanahan? I think Kyle Shanahan, I, I, man. I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks to win the West. They're a better coach team. They're a better coach team. Do they have the talent that, I don't know, their whiteouts are better than San Francisco's? They got a better whiteout group. They got just as good a group as the Philadelphia Eagles do. You can't crow about anything over Seattle. You may like your guys better, but once again, you got 2,000-yard wideouts up there, too, with Geno, who did throw for four grand. Niner cry. (laughs) I got it now, Bear. Thank you. Brock threw a lot of interceptions at Dallas. Dropped last year in the divisional game. He sure did. He looked like he carried it on. I don't know, man. Boy, I'll tell you what, what an absolute implosion if Brock Purdy doesn't pan out because you have nothing in that cabinet to help win your games. And you're lucky you're in the NFC West because if you were in the NFC East, that Niner team, if you don't have a quarterback, you would not win more than eight games. You better get that thing right. Your quarterback room is pathetic. It's pathetic. Shit, the Lions have a better room. Why didn't you get Teddy Bridgewater? Why, did, why, why didn't the Niners sign Teddy Bridgewater? Why not sign Carson Wentz? Dude, Carson Wentz is better than any quarterback they have in that room right now. If I'm Carson Wentz, I'm going to make some money. Someone's going to panic. They're going to pay him. You watch. It's smart he didn't sign right away. San Francisco, San, so Brock Purdy, He he's Kyle Shanahan likes what he sees in Sam Darnold, but he is not worried about what he's seeing with Purdy. It's, that's not telling the truth. Okay? That's not telling the truth. It's not. I don't know if we'll see Deshaun Watson tonight. Can I tell you something here, and I'll show you where I come from. I'm hoping Deshaun Watson starts winning on and off the field. I believe in redemption. I know some of you pretend you do, but you don't. I believe in redemption. I believe in people can make mistakes like Michael Vick, and turn their lives around. I give you a chance. Some of you say you do, but you don't. Chicken wing is broken. So either you believe in rehabilitation or you don't. You can't have it where you believe for one guy and not another guy. Either you believe it or you don't. If you, either you believe in incarceration and then rehabilitation or you don't. Or you should just hang everybody. Okay? This dude's getting sappy? No. All I'm saying is most of you guys are snowflakes. Either you believe that a guy can get a second chance or you don't. Most of you pick and choose who you want to give that to. That's who most of you with your attitudes are so unfair to many people. See, to me, I never judge a person because someone tells me about someone's character. I have to go find that character myself. No one will ever, ever tell me, hey, that's a good guy. And me go, oh, he's a good guy and tell another guy until I meet you. And you know, how many people think they, like, a lot of people haven't met me, but think they know me, or what they've heard about me, or what they've read about me. You've never met me. How would you know those, are, those things are true about me until you meet me, or until I meet you? How? How would you know that? You wouldn't. You form an opinion based on weakness. That's why, to me, a guy like Deshaun Watson, I'm from 35,000 feet. I don't know him from a can of paint. I don't know if he's a good dude or not a good dude. But I do believe in rehabilitation. I think if you do your time and you do your penance and you're sorry and you don't make the same mistake twice, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, like I do Vic. I'm a big Michael Vic fan. And I'm an animal guy. I'm a huge Michael Vick fan. I think Vick does a lot of great things now. I mean, he definitely has remorse for what happened. And he acts it every day. And I, and I say something else. And I'm, I'm pulling for Deshaun. Here, here's something else. Um, Ray Rice. I'm a gigantic Ray Rice fan. I love Ray Rice. I think he's awesome. And I love that the league uses him at rookie symposiums. I think it's fantastic. How he goes around talking to rookies on one bad move, one bad incident can change your entire resume on who you are. And he goes around telling people, don't be that guy, or you'll have it all taken from you. That's character. That's character. Those are guys I want on my team. Ray Rice never asked to come back to the NFL. He never applied. You know why? He wanted to work on being a father and a husband. To the same woman he punched in the face, who they're happily married to this day. That's getting it right. Yeah, but he hit a woman. I know. They're happily married. He's a scumbag. I don't think so. Scumbag moment doesn't make for a scumbag human. You can say something and do something in the moment that doesn't make you an awful human. Makes it an awful moment in your life. Do you think Henry Ruggs is a bad guy? You pay the price is what you do from here. That's right, Bear. You think Henry Ruggs is a bad guy? You think Henry Ruggs had a unbelievable you think Jalen Carter's a bad guy? I don't. But there's consequences that you have to pay. There's consequences. Good people do bad things. Ray Rice was at Baltimore camp last week. Yeah, Steve Biscotti, the owner of the Ravens, loves him. Loves him. Yeah, I think Jalen Carter's a good man. Now, if you listen to some people... What they'll do is they'll take that situation and they'll categorize his character because of that one situation and say that's who he is, which is not true. But that, see, that's the lazy approach to many of you out there. That's why the Eagles gambling on Jalen Carter is going to pay off handsomely. Good for them. They looked at that kid and went like this. He killed, he was in a situation that somebody was killed. And they went like this. You think he's a bad guy. It had to start there. Do you think that Jalen Carter's a bad guy? And the only re- and, and some would go, well, the only reason they drafted him was because he's a good player. You're damn right. That's the only reason they're thinking and taking him in the draft is because he was a good player. What the Eagles w- did was they wanted to get to yes instead of getting to know, which 90% of the people in the world wants to get to when it comes to a guy making a mistake in life. You want to get to know, like Matt Most of you will throw out there, he was in a gang rape, and not do the details that it takes and have the lazy take that he's a bad guy. You don't know that. That's why the good personnel people like Howie The good personnel people, like Howie Roseman and that entire front office, are going like this. You know, we listened to that bullshit on Jalen Rager and why we took Rager instead of Jefferson because there were all kinds of character issues that people were bringing up on Justin Jefferson at LSU. It, it's a fact. That was a fact. There was rumors that he was taking a ton of money down there by boosters. He was, at times, not very coachable. And Ogeron kept telling the NFL scouts, not true, how he balked and went with the easier guy and went with Jalen Rager. The safe pick. Usually when you go safe like that, you lose. I told you this story before. The, the Dennis Green. Damn, man. Should we take Warren Sapp? You know, he smokes pot. He's been busted four times. Shit. They pass on Sapp. Can you imagine having John Randall and Warren Sapp in the same building? Holy cow. And then when Randy Moss's name popped up on the draft board and there he was, he goes, uh uh I'm drafting that guy. Okay? I'll tell you this about Scott. I'll tell you about Ed Ogeron. You think there's any coincidence everywhere Ed Ogeron was? Some of the greatest talent in the history of college football was there? University of Miami, Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, Jonathan Vilma, Clinton Portis, Bryant McKinney, Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, USC, all those players, Reggie Bush, all those guys that were there at SC when he was there. Ole Miss, when he was there, and, and, and he gets that job when Hugh, Hugh Freeze was there. He was the first an assistant. Then he gets the LSU job. You think there's any coincidence? 66 guys were drafted off that LSU team that beat the piss out of Jalen in the semifinal game with Joe Burrow. You think there's any coincidence to that? That guy can recruit. He kept telling those guys, nah, this guy's good. He kept telling how we I, I we should get Ed on because Ed Ogeron will tell you the difference between Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson and all the shit that the Eagles were kind of not they – were, they were scared to draft him. Ed told me this. Ed told me the Eagles were afraid to draft Justin Jefferson, how he had conversations with him. How you don't Ed O's runs been on this program three times. Oh, that's right. They beat the piss out of Jalen when he was at OU. Thank you, Lucius. Thank you. Forgot. <laughs> Hour number three. I'm going to reset. I'm going to take a look at some of the games. The dress rehearsal games for the NFL is this week. Next week. Um, Those games really aren't going to matter tonight. I think they kind of do what to look for. We're going to go over that a little bit again. Some of the games also to keep an eyeball on, because I think there's some decisions to be made on who's going to be quarterbacking. Who's not going to be quarterbacking. I think San Francisco's got big problems. I do. I think they get this Well, here. I'll save it. Hour number three power hour coming up. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the national football show. took a picture of this. I think some of you will like it. Some of you like tone maybe a little too young for this, but. They passed these out at the home opener. On. Nine six. Ninety two. To the close friends of Jerome Brown, I found this. I posted this picture. It was the home opener. It says Eagles right there. Let me see if I got a better picture of that. I think I got a better picture of it. Yeah. And loving memory, Jerome Eagles. Cool, huh? Pretty cool. I see a lot in Jalen Carter and that kid. I do. Fun loving. Dude, when you got a guy like that, Oh, God, I'm tempering my expectations on Jalen Carter. I don't want to get too crazy. I see greatness in the kid. I really do. I absolutely see greatness. Quick foot, moving around, pass rushing. He's got everything you need, man. Will he be able to fulfill his destiny? Unlike Jerome. Man, I hope he finishes the job that Jerome started. I love the fact he's wearing 98. Jerome wore that in college. There's so many similarities. I told Tracy Rocker, I go, he goes, do you think? I go, yeah, but he's bigger. Jerome was like 6'2 half, 305 pounds. Okay? This kid's like 6'4". 320, 318, like, like he's he's enormous. I mean, he's enormous, man. He's got longer arms than Jerome. Man, I tell you what, this is gonna sound crazy. I think he's shown me just in the little bit that I've seen, I think he's got more skill than a young Fletcher. He just looks the part, man. I said it, and I'll keep saying it to you. From the day I saw him on draft day, I kept telling you, I'm going to keep hammering it. Dude, that kid is the best player that was in the NFL draft. There were five guys in the sandbox that you could have landed on. He was definitely one of them. And the Bears not taking him, I'm telling you, I think the Bears are going to regret that, passing on that kid for that old lineman that they took man how do you pass on that you know why you pass on them because you're afraid wouldn't wouldn't you rather be an organization that did this tell me this this is where i don't i don't and plus you've got an owner that's okay with this maybe it goes down to the owner Okay, may, may, maybe it goes down to the owner. But wouldn't you rather do this? Wouldn't you rather miss on Jalen Carter being an asshole than missing on Jalen Rager and just being flat out wrong? Wouldn't you rather miss? Because you can always go back and go, You know, just like with the character of a quarterback and the knowledge of a quarterback, sometimes the innate things that are inside people you just can't put an evaluation on until you see the guy in the environment with the money, with the fame, and with the status. You can't put an evaluation on that. You can't. Because until you're in it, you will not know what it's like once you're in it. Your head's on a swivel. Your head's on a – you have no idea unless you're in that environment. Let me give you a tiny, small example for me. So I've told you the story. I got declared ineligible, and I had to go into a supplemental draft on a Friday. No, it was a Saturday after the Gator game. I'm at the Gator game earlier. Me and Brian Bosworth and Chris Carter go into the supplemental draft. I get drafted 56th. They basically, it's a second round pick today. I had one year left. Boz goes in the first round. Chris is in the fourth or fifth round, fourth maybe. They give me $500,000 signing bonus. They put me on a jet plane, fly me to Tampa. I'm wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneer helmet on Sunday, playing against the Bears. You heard me right. I was preparing that Friday to play against the Gators, and all of a sudden, I got five hundred grand in my pocket, and I'm playing against Walter Payton, at Tampa Stadium. What? I was not prepared. I had no idea, and my head was on a swivel. I was just on a jet airplane. Guy came down with Miami and picked me up on a on a, on a, on a jet airplane, the owner's plane, flew me back to Tampa. There I was playing on Sunday at Tampa Stadium. Okay. I just, I mean, so you don't know what a player does or acts or where he's going to go with his head. And you have no idea because you can't evaluate that. And the, and, and the Eagles went, no, we're taking them. We're taking them. We're taking them. We're taking them. I love that gamble. That gamble's going to pay off. Jalen Carter is going to save the draft pick. Hey, I'll make this. I'll make, I'll, hey, I'll make this prediction. Jalen Carter, the drafting of Jalen Carter, might save Jordan Davis's career on being an every-down D lineman. Because if Jalen Carter can be the three-technique, and Jordan Davis, the one technique, and you've got Vince Wolferk and Richard Seymour, who in the world gives a shit where you're drafted? Who would give a shit what draft pick he was? After that, you don't really care if he was the 13th pick. You got Vince Wolferk and Richard Seymour in the middle of your D-line. Name me a personnel person on the planet. Who wouldn't want that after a while, whether you're a first rounder or not, I don't really give a shit. I care that you're Richard Seymour and you play like Vince Wolfert and you got those two dudes in there for the next 10 years, you're going places. Cause that means the number one thing you can't do play action on the Eagles. Do you understand how vital that is? The league today is built off of play action that's why they're going to these Swift and Christian McCaffrey backs instead of the, the dying back it's it's not that the running back is dying the style of running back is dying the same way the drop back quarterback is dying do you do you get it the running back positions not dying here. Think about a tone. Everyone, think about what they're doing. How many tight ends bitch about the fact that the league puts them in a lane for tight ends, and yet the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver, basically, and he's underpaid, and he's not paid like a wideout. That position has evolved from Gronk to Travis Kelsey. That's what they, that position is no longer the Mark Bavaros of the world. That's not what they're doing at that position. The running back position, they don't want Derrick Henry. Why? They saw Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, and the majority of these backs, after five years of 300 carries, they're out. So they're evolving. The position to be more like Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, Christian McCaffrey. I want a guy who gets me 900 rushing yards, 500 receiving, 50 to 60 catches, combined 10 touchdowns in both. Steve goes, Travis Kelsey's underpaid. As a tight end, he's not. How they use him, yes. They've evolved that position. How many Ray Lewis's do you see in the NFL today? You know, Tone's very astute on how he sees the positions that are on the defenses today. You see a lot of Ray Lewis's in the NFL? Or do you see a lot of these tweener guys? Nolan Smith, T.J. Watt. Khalil Mack. They've evolved the linebacker position into guys who can rush the passer and cover. You get two and one there. I get an edge rusher and a backer. Don't you see how the game is evolving at positions now? Coward left AJ and Hurts off his top 10 duo list. As a matter of fact, I wrote that down and I I... I As a matter of fact, I I have that. As a matter of fact, I have that list, but I have my own. Yeah, the only reason Colin Coward left Hurts and A.J. Brown off that list is because he wanted Eagle fans to blow up. That's why, L.J. People forget the term edge rushers, a relative new term. Back in the day... They just called them defensive ends. Actually, those were guys like Kevin Green and tweeners. They didn't know what to do with them. You're between linebacker, outside linebacker, and you couldn't put them in a three-point stance. Why? Because you're going against Jackie Slater or you're going against Anthony Munoz, and they're going to knock your dick into the dirt. Now, with these wide nines and everything, they've evolved the position. Do you understand the owners are trying to get two for one nowadays? These edge rushers of today... You can put your hand in the dirt, cover, and rush the passer. That's three for one, and they call you edge. Personally, I think people like Nick Bozer are dying. And guys like Nolan Smith is what the league's becoming. How he sees that. Don't you understand? That's why there's two Hassan Reddicks now on your team. It's economically sound. I'm paying for two guys. Like Travis Kelsey. Kansas City doesn't have to get a wide receiver, do they? They got the best pass catching guy in the league. Why would I need to get a number one wideout when I got him? I can get someone and use my number one wideout as my two guy and have my back as my three guy. I got Mahomes. I don't really have to spend the equity that the Eagles have spent. You, I don't have to spend first round draft choices on any of that shit when I got a superstar tight end that I can Jimmy Graham him into. Remember Jimmy Graham bitching and crying all the time about why he was paid as a tight end, but he was used by Sean Payton as a wideout? They flanked him out wide. He's like, wait a minute. 65% of the time, I'm being flanked out wide in New Orleans yet they're categorizing me as a tight end and they're paying me and my pay scale's tight end money. That's what they're doing to... Don't you realize the tight ends in the NFL now? That's a signature position in the league. But they're calling you tight ends. See, to me, I think you're more of a flanker or a halfback or something different, but they keep you in that lane at tight end. There's a cap on that. You see, to me, these these, um, these franchise tags, you put all the players in lanes. Running backs make this money. Tight ends make this money. You imagine telling an NFL owner about his franchise, how much his franchise is worth, and that you can't make any more economic money, and you're categorized in one lane, and that's it. You can't make more money above what that thing is than what that is right there in that lane. The NFL controls the players salaries and who and what they are by the salaries and what they're doing that's they're not phasing out the running back position they're redefining it. You think Jason Witten's a tight end? You think any really you you, you think George Kittle's a tight end? Kind of Okay. Kind of. I saw that ridiculous list that Colin Coward put up today about the best pass-catching duos. I got five. I didn't go ten. Because if you – listen, if you don't have Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on your list, you're doing it to bait people and troll people. That's a troll. Okay? Here's my five. Best duo quarterback. Number one, Burrow, Jamar, Chase. Number two, Allen and Diggs. Number three, Hurts and AJ. Coward didn't even have him in the top 10. I got Hurts third and AJ. I got two and Hill, fourth. And I do think you have to put Jefferson and Cousins at five. Because of the numbers that they put up 4,500 passing yards, 1,600 receiving yards. Now, this has got nothing to do with winning. This is nothing to do with winning. This is the, we're talking about the best pass catching quarterback duo. Don't get your panties in a bind, okay? This is nothing to do with winning Super Bowls, division titles. It's about the numbers. Okay. Allen throws for 4,500 yards and 36 touchdowns. Diggs gets you 1,400 yards. Burrow throws for 4,500 yards. Chase gets 1,600 yards. Hertz throws for 3,700 yards. AJ gets 1,500. It's not a diss. Two and Hill, probably a little bit of a reach there. I got to put Jefferson somewhere in there because Cousins does put the numbers up. Hertz is not a four thousand yard passing guy. The rest of these guys, all of them are, except for Tua, and that's why he's ahead of ahead of him. That list from Coward was so damn obvious. He could have tried harder to hide his hand. Yeah, no, he was. It was. I saw that. It was. It's one thing not to even have him. I mean, If you want to make a debate that Jalen's not in the top five with AJ and put Geno in there, and maybe I could put Geno in for Tua and Hill probably coming off of last year. You could probably put Geno and, and um, DK Metcalf in there probably, right? But to not to have Hurts on there, I mean, it was obvious what he was doing. He was baiting you. He was baiting you. He just wanted to get the Philadelphia sports fans crazy. Because if you act the way you act in here, like Quan and some of you other guys, can you imagine? They all know this. That's why they put these lists together. I mean, I don't do things... Like I don't. Hey, here, here. I don't sit up at night going, "How can I aggravate Quan?" I got better things to do. Okay, I do. I. I mean, I'm not that sinister, and I'm not that smart, and I'm not that calculating. Like I told you before, I'm like the scene from, "Hey Sue," I'm like the scene from Batman, you know, and the Joker's talking to. You know, Harvey, and he goes like this, do I look like a guy with a plan? I mean, right? I'm the guy that chases the ambulance. I'm not, a guy, I'm not a guy with a plan. I don't have a plan. Well, Quan, I appreciate that. You must think I'm smarter than I am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ted Bundy was calculating. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, really? What a... Hey, Maniac, now I know why they call you New Jersey Fishing Maniac. Hey, Sills, you're right. You coming up with ways to talk about hurts. Bundy came up with ways talking about how he was going to whack people. Hey, Maniac, you're scaring me. (laughs) Maniac, I'm 60 years old. You're scaring me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. mm. you're scaring me to leave brown and Hertz off the list showed clear desperation by him in the network fun fact it's been reported that for the first time cable and broadcast make up less than half of tv viewing broadcast makes up just 20% of TV viewing and cable makes up 29%. And now when you add streaming, you want to hear something else that's even happening for you guys and your luxury of what you're doing. And by the way, let me, let me show you something, what you guys are doing here for me. You know, you guys are making us one of the most watched shows in Philly. And I'm going to show you how that's translating. Disney and ESPN are going to divest soon. Because Disney's now investing more in streaming, in streaming sports shows, and now getting into cahoots with the NFL. That's a bad sign for ESPN. Okay? Because if Disney doesn't have to pay all those rights fees any longer and all that bullshit with ESPN and all the money that's costing the Disney stock to go down, they're going to do what CBS did with CBS Radio. They're going to divest from it. And they're going to pull away from it, and they're going to sell it off. ESPN, they've lost 17 million viewers in the last 10 years. I mean, streaming is now the new television for sports people. Because you know why? The consumer gets a chance to pick and choose because there's so many options out there. And you guys are choosing to pick shows that are more compatible with what you guys are looking for each and every single day. It it thins the market, but it takes away from the big pie from ESPN and Fox. You're destroying those networks because those networks are destroying themselves. Now, a guy like me, look at Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee was hired to save ESPN. They gave him gigantic money and fired everyone else so they could pay him And stream more. I say the next five years, ESPN and Disney will not be together. Why do you think the NFL is going to Amazon on Thursdays? Why? Because they're they're going to Amazon because they're getting into the streaming business. They're not getting into the ESPN. They're not in the ESPN business anymore. Satellite radio and some of this other stuff. Stuff is mainstream Made look, look at the, hey, when I first started in radio 30 years ago, do you know much of the advertising dollar went to radio companies? A large, large bulk of it, 68% of the money went for local advertising and local markets like Tampa, Philly, went all to like WIP and the Fanatic. Well, now, today, you got less than 10% of that money now going to radio. That's about 18%. That it's going to, that it's going to radio now because of other avenues pies getting split up more and more each and every single day I mean the, Disney Disney the, the the ESPN is driving down the Disney stock if ESPN was not part of the Disney family Disney stock would be going through the roof right now but it drives it down. They're killing it. That ESPN Plus is a joke. Nobody subscribed to it. It was as bad as CNN Plus and Fox Plus, Fox News Plus, whatever the hell that thing is. Okay? (laughs) Broadcasting's not the same. So, yeah, well, all you have to do is just read a Wall Street Journal, and every analyst will tell you, ESPN is killing Disney. That's a fact. And now you got guys like Skip Bayless, and hey, I saw and, and what's her name, Jane um, from the, from the Cowboys. What's her name? Who's J- uh, Jane? She ripped Bayless a new one. I'm going to get into the games here, and I want to reset a little bit of what we're looking for tonight. I'll get back into previewing the game tonight. Um, what's what? Who who's who's the girl that ripped Bayless yesterday or the day before? Jane, what's her name? It Covers the Cowboys. That's it. Thank you, Skater, or Slater. I think it is Scott Jane Slater. She's really good. She's really good, and she's plugged in to the Cowboys, okay? And here, let me throw this at you here. Sills needs a co-host to push his buttons. Forte, I will never work with anyone in my life, and nor have I, for 32 years. Ever. Ever. My ship goes down, Sills sinks it. I'm not having some dumbass partner sink it for me. Partner radio, partner broadcasting, never works. Never works. (laughs) Not happening. That'll never happen. Ever. Highest rating shows in the history of sports talk radio, I've had many of them. That doesn't work, bro. So she goes out there, and Skip Bayless is saying that Dak Prescott Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's why I'm one of the most watched shows in Philly right now, because I need someone with me. Yeah, whatever, dude. Um, He's out there saying that Dak Prescott doesn't have the respect and loyalty of the teammates in in Dallas. Jane Slater comes back and goes like this. This guy's not plugged in. No one talks to him. As a matter of fact, I talked to Jane the other night, and I go, Not one person knows who he is at Valley Ranch. They all hate him. You want to know how much they hate Skip Bayless? Many of you don't know this story. Do you know why they hate him and Troy Aikman hates him? He wrote a book on the Cowboys and pretending to have inside sources. And he put an innuendo out that Troy Aikman was gay. He put it out there that he was gay. I never see Troy with a girl. And we're all sitting there going like this. Okay, we can't say anything. Everyone knew he was dating one of the cheerleaders, which is a no-no. He knew her from his Oklahoma days. And everyone kept it quiet. Didn't say anything. Bayless goes the Dallas Morning News, and then he goes on a book. With an innuendo that Aikman was gay. He made money. It's, you ever see you've never seen Troy Aikman talk to skip Bayless publicly in the history of broadcasting. And he worked at Fox. Did you ever see those two talking? Ever? No. Troy hates that guy. Troy hates that dude. I was there for it. I saw it. Hates him. And Fox employs that. And thinks that's cool. That you could just slander a guy like that and profit from it and then continue to profit and pretend you're a cowboy insider when one of the greatest cowboys of all time, you slandered. Then he goes around telling everybody that Jerry Jones made the Charles Haley deal. None of that's true. It's it, it 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 it's crazy how people will buy anything. Hey, you keep telling the lie long enough. The lie becomes reality, I guess. Especially today. All right. I want to reset a little bit. And again, we did this in the first hour a little bit, but I want to go back a little bit on what we want to see tonight as we get ready for tonight. Um, Let's do this. Philly, four for four? All you have to do is Google it. Okay? Quan goes, anyone can make a mistake. So you write a book about it and columns about it. That's a mistake. That's predetermined. I say something sometimes, that's a mistake. That comes to me at the moment. I didn't think about it last night. You know, I think some people think today that I, 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 I was telling Tony the other day how good he did when he was sitting around. Okay. And he comes, has great phrasing. I love his phrasing. He doesn't go home at night and write those things out. That comes to him naturally. There's certain people who have a natural act and a knack for that. There's some that don't. I'm not one that sits around writing shit down like that. I may say something off the wall, and I do, and I know I do. But at the end of the day, I don't have a plan. I got notes. Skip Bayless's book is as bad as John Gruden's emails. And yet Skip Bayless is protected by the media. And guys like Bayless go after John Gruden. The guy who slandered somebody for making an innuendo that he was gay. But that's Okay. Because the media guys all protect themselves. They're all thoughtless. What's any different from what Bayless did to what John Gruden did? It's because you have a different opinion on being a racist versus a guy who slanders people. I think they're both criminal. Google it. By the way, YouTube it. See what Troy's response was when someone wanted to get him on from Undisputed. You ever see Troy Aikman on Undisputed? No. All right. What we want to see tonight. As I told you in the first hour, this is the true dress rehearsal for the upcoming season. Um, I am really looking forward once again to seeing this secondary play. I want to see him do it again. How about this? Are you feeling more comfortable with the depth back there now? Are you feeling more comfortable with the depth on what they have? As I go into tonight's game, Boy, I do. I, I I, really do. I'm. How about this? I thought that was going to be a huge problem, especially in your safety position. But I'm feeling better. And you heard Baird and I talking about Sidney Brown. You know what I would do with him? Why don't you blitz him tonight? I see a lot of teams bringing blitz coverages and blitz packages in this exhibition season. I see a lot more blitzing. I'd like to see Sydney blitz. I'd like to see what he looks like getting after a quarterback, you know, bring him home. See if you can throw. Cause I don't think they did enough of that. Cause I don't think they really had anybody like that. You know, think about this for a second. Do you think that Sidney Brown could be more of a weapon than C.J. Gardner-Johnson? I do. Got a hitter back there, and I got a guy who could maybe blitz the quarterback from the safety position? That's an upgrade. He's a better run-fit guy. So look what you got here. You're not blitzing Gardner-Johnson. You're blitzing that kid and maybe you turn him into a blitzing safety like you got with Hassan Reddick getting after the quarterback. All of a sudden, you got multiple packages that you can rush the passer with, especially with those D tackles in there, Fletcher and Carter. So wait a minute. You got Fletcher and Carter blitzing Brown, and you got Reddick off the perimeter, and you got Sweat on the other side setting the edge. I'll tell you this. I don't know. Let me see it. I want to see it, how it looks on camera. I wanna see it when I'm sitting there at the you know NovaCare Center and I want to look at it coming out of the projector when you know I'm sitting there at a movie studio. I wanna see this, I wanna see the movie play out. You know, because I think you could get something here with this. Okay. I want to see here, here. Here's my expectations on Dean tonight. Just show me, you know, what you're doing. Doesn't have to be 10 tackles in 15 plays. Doesn't have to be shit like that. Just show me, you know, when it comes to alignment, recognition, running to the ball, getting guys on the ground. And in those 15 plays, Show me you can get up and play the 16th play. That's all I kind of want to watch tonight. Just watch him move around. Nothing dramatic. I'm not looking for INTs or deflections. I'm not looking for any of that. I just want to do something that J.H. just said. Hey, dude, it's been two years. I just want to see you play. As a starter, I want to see you play in that role. You've never played in that role. He's never played. And this guy is going to be going against Bill O'Brien. Hey, Bill O'Brien versus N'Kobe Dean is a joke. There's a reason that guy's making $4 million as a coordinator back in New England. There's a reason he has a winning record as an NFL head coach and won division titles with T.J. Yates at quarterback. And there's a reason why Deshaun Watson has a $230 million guaranteed contract in Cleveland. So before you got and has national championship and Super Bowl rings. There's a reason for all that. He's a great coach. Is he a great head coach? Probably not. But he can coach. He turned Penn State around. You are high if you think that that's not a massive upgrade in New England. Everywhere he's been, he's won and developed. Everywhere from Bama to the NFL to Tom Brady. You're out of your mind. Are you under the impression you got a better OC than Bill O'Brien? Where would you get that from? What in your mind would make you think that? You don't. You do not have. You do not have the coaching. Get this. I would make this point to you. The first three games of the season for the Eagles, your coaching staff will be the inferior staff. Yeah. You think your coordinator's better than Brian Flores? He's got three Super Bowl rings. And was part of that up in New England, turning around also the Dolphins? Justin Jefferson has benefited massively from having that new head coach up there in Minnesota. Are you out of your mind? You're going to win that game because you got better talent, not coaching. Coaching matters in this league. And again, this is kind of what we're seeing a little bit with the influence of Patricia. I see Matt Patricia's signature on this defense, especially in the secondary. I see that. I want to see a little bit of the rotation and how they're going to move around the tackles. Carter. Milton, I don't want to, I'd like to see Milton Williams play significant reps tonight because I like him. You know why I like him? You could play him in a seven-five-three-two. Put him on the nose. He's a five-hundred-pound bench presser. He's got good feet. He's a good football player. He's he. I'll tell you this, Milton Williams. According to Pro Football Focus, was one of the most improved football players at his position last year of any defensive tackles in the NFL. I think it was third most improved was Milton Williams. He could play, man. I mean, I think the right, I think cam Jurgens has won that job, but Tyler Steen has had a great camp. Tyler Steen can play. Hey, Let me say this to you. If I had to go back into the draft and what the – Here, you know what, you guys? I'll tell you where maybe you did have a really good draft. Sidney Brown and Tyler Steen, you could make the argument that they're first and second-round draft choices. And maybe you could even put Steen in the first round. I mean – Get this, Stoutland coached at Alabama. He knows the offensive line coach at Alabama. You think there's any coincidence to that and why he was drafted and they thought that they got a steal there? I mean, he was down in Alabama. Saban, or um yeah, Nick Saban hired him. Nick Saban had him. If I'm not mistaken, Saban also had Stoutland. I mean, I don't believe there's any coincidence to that. Okay? Again, I mean, I'm going to watch your your three-hole wide receiver. I think you're in trouble there if one of your guys goes down. I want to see guys make plays. Here's my problem with Quez. Dude, it's not that you're not fast. It's not that we don't want you to be the guy. But every time we count on you to make the play, you fail. And on top of that, when it comes for jump balls, you are the worst. Like when when A.J. Brown goes up for a pass and it's a jump ball, I say 99% of the time, A.J. Brown's coming down with that. When when Quez Watkins goes up on a jump ball, there's a 99.9% chance of the time the other guy's getting it. I don't have faith that he's going to fight for it. This guy's not a fighter. This guy's tissue paper. And I don't know if I want that in my huddle. Okay? Running backs? Dude, it's me, Gainwell, and Scott get the majority of the reps tonight. And that Sermon kid, who's who's a good back? He's going to land on a team somewhere else. He ain't making the Eagles. Unless you cut Penny. The linebacking core, I want to see Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack play. Because... And Murrow... What, hey... By the way, Murrow wasn't bad. He, he wasn't bad. He wasn't. And again, the overall depth. See, I watch games all the way through because even in the fourth quarter, there could be – do you know – many of you may not know the story, but Terrell Davis was found on the last exhibition game on special teams by Mike Shanahan. They were playing in Japan. I had Torrell Davis on my show about four years ago. And he goes, man, I'm in Japan. I called my mom. I told her I wasn't going to play in the last exhibition game. I just wanted to go home. And she said this, you got one more game, go out and play. She goes, yeah, but I'm not going to see any time. He never saw any time as a running back. You know how they kept him? He ran down twice on a kickoff, and he knocked somebody out. So they kept him. You understand something. Threll Davis, he had no numbers at Georgia, none. And Herschel Walker's apologized to him before. They never used him at Georgia. I had to look up where he went to college. He was a nothing burger at Georgia. And then the rest is history. He's in Canton. So you never know who you might land on. Just keep your eyes open, right? All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. What happened today nationally? At least I talked to you about Jalen Hurts with sincerity. Look at the last month and a half and how they've disrespected your guy. National media doesn't respect your guy. They use your guy to get likes and hits and views and people watching their TV shows. I started my program out today by saying Jalen Hurts has had a spectacular camp. Spectacular. All you hear is Purdy's thrown ten picks. Um. Dak looks terrible. What's what's the guy? What did I hear today out of Baltimore? What was the comment out of Baltimore today? Todd Munkin's like, we're going to throw the ball more. I didn't know there was a problem with the offense. Guy was unanimous MVP. I mean, he is 45 and 17 as a starter in Baltimore. It's not like that offense, and that guy hasn't won ball games. You're in the AFC. You're in the tougher conference. It's going to be tough to win Super Bowls. Does anybody look any lesser at Peyton Manning? Isn't that funny? So you look. are you saying you look lesser at Peyton Manning as one being one of the all-time greats? It's okay to be Scottie Pippen. You know, Tone, I think that's pretty much part of the problem that people have in life. It's all right being Scottie Pippen. Six championships, all-time defender, one of the greatest – 20 players in the history of the sport i'm okay being scotty pippen there's nothing wrong with being scotty pippen i got six titles i got more titles than larry bird double i mean seriously you may look at larry bird as a better player but my resume is better Sad thing is, these days, Pippin isn't happy being Pippin. Because Scottie Pippen hasn't come to the reality that what I just said. You're right. You're right, Tone. Okay? You're right. So people can't they can't take what others look at you as. Well, he was the second dude in the building. I don't care. So you think like Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you look at those two guys, you're not winning a championship without Magic. As great as Jabbar was, he wasn't a one. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not leading a team to an NBA title. Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson are. Just happen. It's what it is. Okay, I mean, Kareem is not leading anything. That's why when you have the goat conversation about Kareem, Kareem's not the guy because Kareem's never led anybody. It's okay to be Kareem Abdul Jabbar, though. Pippin doesn't realize his greatness is never questioned. It's universally known, Jordan needed Pippen. Absolutely, man. I just wish he knew that internally. Well, it's because, again, Jordan's star is so huge, and it overshadows your accomplishments. When, in reality, there's nothing wrong with being Scottie Pippen. I mean, this guy's one of the most accomplished players in the history of the sport. He's more accomplished than than LeBron. But he doesn't see that. LeBron's looked at, LeBron's a better player. He's not more accomplished. There's two different categories there. Anyway, again, so that's why when we talk about Jalen, it's not about numbers. It's about getting better. You know the greatest thing that I've heard so far about Jalen Hurts this camp? has been that Jalen's decision-making and his patience and his ability to see the field is getting better and better and better. I don't know if that translates into numbers. I just know what it's going to translate into. You know what the most – hey, the most important number is not touchdown passes. The most important number is how many interceptions you throw. People don't – see, there it goes again, the pipping conversation. Dude, 18-10-10. and 10. Bulls ain't winning a title without that. Jalen Hurts throws 15 picks this year. Your season's over. Jalen Hurts throws five picks. You're in the Super Bowl. Can't wait to see the game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, by the way, over on my Twitter page, at Dan Show, I'm going to post some thoughts about the game after. By the way, we got some really cool merch over there now that the NFL Alumni Association has put together for us. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, again, we look forward to it. A lot to hit on on Friday. So, have a great time watching the game tonight, 730 Eastern time. Browns and Eagles from the link. I look forward to it. Um, Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much. Tone, you're killing it, dude. I mean, you're really, really – Tone's the Jalen Hurts of Jacob Sports. That's what he is. He's becoming a guy who's getting better and better each and every single day. D-Gun and Barrett Brooks, thank you for coming aboard. We'll see you 3 to 6 tomorrow. We'll catch you on the flip side.